Welcome to the December 2nd, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast, where we cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. You could count on us being here. This is your host, Space Marine, live from somewhere in space during the year 2018. Jumping right into the market analysis. So, Bitcoin has dropped a bit during December 2nd. It kind of peaked out on a temporary maxima at $4,300 on December 1st, middle of the day, and then it's been slowly, generally declining. It got to around 4070 on Bitstamp, and then boom, there was a nice big red candle. It went from like, actually around 4070 all the way to 3900 and now it's spiked up slightly to 3940 and as I record the show, it's actually declining this ever so slightly. So Bitcoin is below $4,000 again. So there was a lot of excitement that, you know, it stabilized to went over 4000 But let's not forget that Bitcoin was as low as $3,500, like from about the 25th to the 27th at various times. So it's over 10% higher than its minimums during this nuclear bear market. But yeah, it's below 4000 again and not really trying to go higher. It's sideways trading, really. Yeah, if you look at the chart, it's pretty sideways since the market crashed out in late November. The total cryptocurrency market cap is near $130 billion. It used to be like $200 billion, and then when it was getting a little weaker, it was $180 billion. So it's like a solid $50 billion lower than before the bottom fell. Everyone thought the cryptocurrency, I mean the Bitcoin bottom was at $5,800, and I thought that too, because it was like bouncing off that level so many times in 2018, so many times. Like starting in February, it bounced off $5,800. And it got as low as 5750, but it never got below that. But now here we are, below 4,000, solidly just sitting there. The reason the bottom fell out of the Bitcoin market was because it started with the Bitcoin Cash fork. So Bitcoin Cash was its own sole cryptocurrency. It was definitely an altcoin. It was like basically when SegWit segregated witness happened, there was like a big debate like, oh, how are we going to scale Bitcoin? So the Bitcoin developers, okay, we're going to do segregated witness. We separate the signature data from the Merkle tree, and then we're going to have like 1.2 to 1.3 megabyte block sizes on average instead of one megabyte. And that ended up working pretty good. And there hasn't been a scalability problem since SegWit launched pretty much. Well, actually, I guess most of the scalability problem happened before, after that. So yeah, like in um, when Bitcoin peaked out in January or so, or December and January, the transaction fees went up to $50 and SegWit couldn't even stop that. But Bitcoin Cash split off at that point and they said, we don't want uh, SegWit at all, but we're going to increase block sizes to 8 megabytes. And then it went beyond that. And then they increased to 32 megabytes when Bitcoin Cash was still just one cryptocurrency. But then recently in the middle of November, November 14th, I believe to be exact, Bitcoin Cash split off into Bitcoin Cash ABC and Bitcoin Cash SV. And now Bitcoin Cash ABC is now known as Bitcoin Cash because most of the community went with Bitcoin Cash ABC ruled by their benevolent dictator, and then Bitcoin Cash SV became Bitcoin SV, which means Satoshi Vision. Right now, Bitcoin Cash AVC, which is called Bitcoin Cash, is at $165, and it's down pretty hard this week. I see the weekly changes as well. It's over 12% down this week. It's a $2.9 billion market cap, price of $165. Bitcoin SV is at $95, down over 10% this week, $1.65 billion market cap, and it seems like it's kind of like a war of attrition for both of these. Like, so they're not really at war anymore. Like, both communities involved in Bitcoin Cash have accepted that they will be separate cryptocurrencies. So Bitcoin Cash split into two different altcoins. And so Bitcoin Cash, ABC has a 32 megabyte block size. It continues to have that. And then SV is like, oh, we have 128 megabyte block sizes. 
And Craig Wright, who's the one that pretty much founded SV, says they're going to go up to one terabyte within the next years. The really funny thing is their block sizes are like usually less than 100 kilobytes and sometimes as little as like 5 kilobytes or even 2 kilobytes compared to Bitcoin, which is constantly like filling up blocks to one megabyte like pretty frequently. So there was no reason to increase the block size for Bitcoin Cash because such a small amount in the community went off with them. And it's obviously not being used as a currency that much. Maybe a little bit. But yeah, they're not filling up blocks and the whole block size debate for them is pointless. They could have one megabyte block sizes and exist just fine for the far foreseeable future. They are not approaching one megabyte anytime soon, let alone eight megabytes, let alone 32 or 128 megabytes. So I think the whole block size debate is actually pretty ridiculous for Bitcoin Cash. And they kind of ruined themselves. So Bitcoin Cash was like solidly probably at like $600, over $500 by itself. And now when you add them together, they're less than $300. And they're separate. So the highest worth Bitcoin Cash is ABC at 165 And then when you have SV worth less than $100. Even though there's probably been some pretty strong market manipulation to raise SV's price. Because Craig Wright has a ton of Bitcoins to put into that. But yeah, that couldn't change facts that, you know, it's not Bitcoin. So the... Bitcoin SV calls itself Bitcoin SV, but it's not Bitcoin at all. Not even close. It has like, you know, a one-man development team. Like, yeah, Enchain and Craig Wright is behind it. So there's more than one guy, but Craig Wright totally controls that. And then Bitcoin Cash ABC has a dictator as well, supposedly the benevolent dictator. And I don't think it's very Bitcoin-like. None of it's really what Satoshi would want, obviously. And Bitcoin reigns supreme. Just compare the volume. So Bitcoin has over $5 billion of spot market volume and then way more volume on OTC markets and derivatives exchanges and all that. And meanwhile, Bitcoin Cash, ABC has has $67 million of volume and SV has $100 million of volume. So they're just, they can't even compare to Bitcoin's volume or use. Going into the rest of the market analysis, Ripple's kind of always been in like in its own world recently and probably forever. Ripple's just totally different. It has like a very centralized supply controlled by Ripple Foundation and Ripple Labs and the people that founded Ripple. You can't mine Ripple and that's always made Ripple kind of like not very liked by the rest of the crypto world. So Ripple's at 36 cents right now. It's pretty stable on the day. On the week it's down 3.5%. And it seems like Ripple has a hard time rising much even though it has gone past Ethereum now. It's just like Ethereum's fallen more than Ripple. Both of them have fallen. I guess Ripple's actually up on the past two months ago, but whenever Ripple really starts to rise, you know, Ripple Foundations or Ripple Labs, one of them, they sell a bunch of Ripple every single month, and that kind of crashes the price. It has a hard time rising because of the centralized supply. Most of the Ripple's controlled by, like, these companies that created Ripple, and they kind of just dump into the market and make it hard to rise, and that's a fact. Ethereum's, I still consider it the number two cryptocurrency. Ethereum's pretty amazing. If you have, like, MetaMask, you could actually just, like, do business with Ethereum and have it right in your browser. You click on the little fox for MetaMasks in your Firefox, and it works really well, and you can have all the tokens you want. You can create tokens. You can trade tokens. But Ethereum has the last fall into $11.7 billion market cap. It's pretty stable on the week. It's pretty stable, and it's at $113 right now, $11.7 billion market cap. And by the way, when you look at the overall market cap versus Bitcoin, Bitcoin's at $70 billion right now market cap. Bitcoin, over half of the cryptocurrency market cap is in Bitcoin, yet we have over 2,000 cryptocurrencies. So over half of the market cap, like almost 60% is in Bitcoin, yet the other 40% spread across like 2,000 cryptos. And then among that, like we have $25 billion or $26 billion in Ripple and Ethereum. So you take the other... You got about almost $100 billion in the top cryptocurrencies, and then the other $30 billion is spread across thousands of cryptocurrencies. 
And the market cap might be overinflated because there's a lot of cryptocurrencies that say they have like a million dollar market cap, but they're actually worth nothing. Like you literally couldn't even sell it if you wanted to. This is kind of the way it is. So I don't think the market cap is much higher than probably 110 billion, but that's really speculation. But I just want to make the point that a lot of these cryptocurrencies have market caps that are a lot higher than what you could actually sell the supply for. Even Bitcoin, like if you start selling off a lot of Bitcoin, the market cap would just crash and you couldn't sell it all at this rate of $70 billion for the market cap, the market cap would end up being probably a lot less. That's a good point to know about market caps. Volume is a lot more important than market cap, honestly. And what else to the highest volume besides Bitcoin? Well, that would actually be Ethereum and Tether. So Ethereum is the other actual cryptocurrency that has the highest volume besides Bitcoin. So Ripple is number two with the market cap. But remember, most of their supply is held by Ripple Labs. And so I don't think the market cap could be considered better than Ethereum. So Ethereum has almost $2 billion of trading volume on the spot markets versus $5 billion for Bitcoin. And then Tether is the number one stablecoin. There's over $3 billion of volume. So a lot of the Bitcoin volume could also be put into Tether's volume because Tether is used as a USD analog or substitute. And yeah, it kind of facilitates rapid trading. Like it's it represents fiat and you can redeem it for fiat through Tether starting recently. It started like five days ago. And Tether's price has been very stable at a dollar. So Tether has re uh, regained parity. It's not moving by more than 0.1% in like a day, less than that, like 0.05% in the past day. So Tether has restored parity. It's just slightly below parity, which is actually what I forecasted. Because Tether can be redeemed, but it costs a percentage fee to redeem Tether of about 0.4 to 3%, depending on how much Tether you're trying to redeem for dollars through Tether Limited. So it's stabilized below a dollar, but it is stable. $1.85 billion market cap, over $3 billion of daily trading volume. So the entire Tether supply gets overturned on a daily basis, like by, you know, double. So like double... The amount of Tether is actually what's traded per day. And I think Tether has room to actually gain some market cap now that it's restored itself. Tether used to have a market cap of $2.8 billion before all their problems started. They basically lost their bank. But they just got another bank in the Bahamas at Deltec. And then there's all these other stable coins that were popping up and starting to do really good because Tether was below parity. And Tether was really volatile. So it's big news that Tether's back to not being volatile. But that's bad news for these other stablecoins. So TrueUSD is the number one alternative stablecoin, if you want to call it like Tether the main stablecoin. So TrueUSD is stalled out below a $200 million market cap. It's still gaining a little bit each day, actually. It's a different redemption process. Not redemption, issuance process. Like Tether, when Tether gets issued, it's like big blocks of at least like $10 million at a time or like $100 million or something or $50 million. TrueUSD kind of gets issued like, dollar by dollar and it's slowly gaining and not getting burned up and but by the way look at true usd's volume it's like 20 million dollars versus tether's like 3 billion the same can be said for usd coin usd coin was considered a number one competitor to tether but it just doesn't compete so usd quite a stop gaining market cap since tether is stabilized plus its volume is literally just like 11 million dollars versus three billion dollars for tether so a lot of people are hyping up and still you can look at the news sites there's people hyping up oh usd coins the next tether because you know circle and coinbase created usd coin and they're kind of you know paying for all those press releases and stuff i don't want to speculate too much or be too opinionated but seriously their their volume's like almost like 10 million dollars and that's it versus three billion for tether they just don't compete paxo standard i just read an article just now on one of those sites i forgot which one and that's probably a good thing but it said, oh, Paxos Standard is going to be, it's going to defeat Tether. And 
Their their volume is better than USD coin and true USD. It's at seventy million dollars, but once again, that's like nothing compared to the three billion dollars of volume for Tether. And Pexa Standard's at one hundred and seventy-two million dollar market cap. But it is good to know that hey, we do have these other stable coins: Paxa Standard, USD Coin, True USD, and there's also Gemini Dollar way down on the list. Like Gemini Dollar's not gaining that much steam. So yeah, I think Tether's just going to reign supreme. Even though Tether had tremendous problems, they just already were so dominant that even a month or two, actually like two months straight of not being stable, did not take Tether from being at that number one spot. Other coins gained ground. But they do not compete at all, especially when you look at the volume of trading. So now going down the list, Stellar is a lot like Ripple. Stellar got really popular, and I wish I would have, like, I saw when they were airdropping it for free, like, in 2014. They were getting out a ton of it. Like, they are getting out, like, a 1000 at a time, and that's worth a lot of money now. Um, even, like, 5000 at a time. I think they were giving out 5000 at a time, and I wish I would have got that, but I didn't even care about it. Stellar became popular. It's, like, the number four cryptocurrency with a market cap around... $3 billion, but it's like Ripple in the sense, and also it's designed by the similar people who made Ripple, like Jed McCallum is like the co-founder of Ripple and Stellar, so Stellar has a tremendously centralized uh, supply, and that's not good for any cryptocurrency, and that makes people not really like it, but somehow it's number four. So here we have, we have Ripple and Stellar in the top four, yet a lot of true cryptocurrency people and Bitcoiners just don't like that. Like, I would ne even never consider myself buying Ripple or Stellar just because the whole supply is pretty much controlled by the companies who created it, which makes it kind of like a losing bet. Like, if it ever gains a bunch of money, they will sell into it. And they do have regular sales, like, every month for Ripple, at least. I know Ripple for sure. I can't say that about Stellar because I, ne I never looked it up, but they must because they have a huge supply and they must be selling some of it as time goes on. So, moving on, EOS has been consistently losing. So, EOS is down 15%, more than that on the week. Its market cap is approaching $2.5 billion. EOS was the biggest ICO in history. Its market cap like was $18 billion, I believe, at its peak. It had a $5 billion of investment, but now it's at $2.5 billion. So, everyone that invested in EOS and held all the way has lost money. That doesn't mean it's going to lose money forever. Like, the next time the market rallies, if everything was like this, EOS would go up a lot. But EOS might just keep losing. It's at number six now. It used to be a lot higher than that. So EOS has lost like half its market cap below what the ICO was even. It lost a lot more than half its market cap. And whenever the market goes down, EOS seems to go down a little more. And when it goes up, EOS goes down less. And it's just been consistently losing relative to the other major cryptocurrencies. Litecoin's an oldie but a goodie. It's actually up like 4% on the week. And Litecoin is the number one script coin. So you have SHA-256, or they call it SHA-256. That's where I hear the cypherpunks, that's how they pronounce it. I used to call it SHA, but I think it is SHA-256. That's Bitcoin's proof-of-work algorithm. And it's impossible to mine it with like a graphics processing unit or a computer processing unit. But script coins, like Litecoin, you can mine them with a GPU. Not as good anywhere. You really need ASICs for both script and SHA-256. But when I started, you can mine Litecoin with a GPU pretty successfully. And that's why it's so popular, because it's the number one script coin. And there's a whole different brand of ASICs, not brand, but a whole different type of ASICs, application-specific integrated circuits for script coins like Litecoin. So Litecoin's backed by a major mining community, and that's why it's still at number seven, despite all these years and not being that controversial. Yeah, there's a huge mining community behind Litecoin. And on a similar vein, you have Dogecoin that's backed by a big mining community and also a big Reddit community, like in social community in general like dogecoin is kind of like the fun cryptocurrency 
and it used to be even more exciting. Like, people were tipping Dogecoin left and right. I don't think it's like that anymore because it gained some value. Now it's worth one-fifth of a cent per Dogecoin. It used to be worth a lot less, and people tipped it a lot more. But anyways, Dogecoin has still an active community behind it, and a lot of miners use Dogecoin because even though it might not be more profitable than Litecoin, it probably is a little more profitable than mining Litecoin, but you can mine it with a GPU or a CPU even, earn entire Dogecoins, and that's fun. So yeah, you can mine with a CPU even for Bitcoin, but you just earn such small fractions of Bitcoin makes it kind of like not very fun. But Dogecoin, you earn entire Dogecoins. So Dogecoin's down at number 24. And I think it's going to be gaining relative to the other cryptos long term because there's actually community behind Dogecoin. There's reasons that Dogecoin has you know, been existing for so long. And I think Dogecoin will gain relative to a lot of these other ICO coins long term. Like basically, the ICO coins have just been declining. And the real cryptocurrencies like Dogecoin and Litecoin... And of course, Bitcoin and also Ethereum, even though Ethereum is kind of like what created all the ICO coins of ERC-20, overall, these major cryptocurrencies are gaining uh, relative to the ICO coins long term. And now we jump down to number 10. That's where Cardano is. That's an ICO coin. It's actually up 7% on the week. It's uh, over a billion dollar market cap at four cents, 1.05 billion dollar market cap. I don't know much about Cardano. I know it's like kind of like an Ethereum sort of thing and then there's monero monero is at 58 dollars it's actually quite stable on the week down a few percent in the past day though and monero used to be solidly over a billion dollar market cap now it's at 963 million tron is one of the top ico coins it's up 17 percent on the week actually but down four percent in the past day it's at 954 million dollar market cap. and then we got iota iota is the number one directed at cyclic graph coin it's up a little bit on the week, but down 5% in the past day. So just overall, the sentiment today, the markets are going down today. And I think they might actually be poised for a lower move today because I just have a good sense of charts. And I think it might pop back down to where it was. It's possible to go back to $3,500 for Bitcoin, which could mean quite a bad day for altcoins. It could go up too. I'm not Nostradamus, but I just have a good sense for the charts after watching these things for five years straight. Then Dash is the number one X11 coin. It's down a few percent on the week, down 5% today. And like I said, a lot of altcoins going down today, kind of setting up for maybe a larger dive after a little stability for like a couple days. And yeah, I could keep going down the list. But by the way, Dash is another one of those coins that will probably go up relative to the others long term. I think Monero and Dash, even though they're below number 10, and IOTA. IOTA's unique because it's the number one directed is cyclic graph coin. Monero is the number one privacy coin. And Dash is the number one X11 coin, which is like, those are all different algorithms and all different methods, and they all have their own communities. So I think those will stick around long-term. And we're seeing a lot of ICO coins kind of like passed down through the ranks. Like EOS is the number one ICO coin way up there. And I think all these ICO coins are just going to be dropping down through the ranks and paving the way for like, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, I guess Ripple, even though, yeah, I just talked about Ripple, but yeah, Ripple is unique in its own way, and it's obviously popular. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, even Stellar. And then Litecoin, Tether, number one stablecoin, Monero, IOTA, Dash, and then Dogecoin way down there. And then there's one even further down that I really like. It's called Burstcoin. And Burstcoin is the number one and probably almost the only proof of capacity coin they actually use hard drives to mine and it's very energy efficient i did an interview with the burst coin developer daniel jones for bitcoin news and yeah so burst coin's unique it's proof of capacity and i think these are unique coins are really a merits because burst coin is mining with hard drives 
proof of capacity, so you can actually profitably mine burst even on a personal computer. And that's giving it a fairly large community of miners and original cypherpunks and stuff. So, even though Burstcoin's way down the ranks, it has it has a market cap of just over twelve billion dollars right now. It's up it's up nineteen percent on the week, but down eight percent in the past day. So Burstcoin had a bit of a rally this week. When the other coins rallied, it rallied a lot more, and that's been the trend. So Burstcoin was way down to two forty five, I believe, when I first interviewed Daniel Jones about Burstcoin, and then it was at two twenty three when I wrote another article about it. And now it's at 207. So it's been rising up the ranks relative to the other cryptos, which are mostly ICO coins. So I'm saying these unique coins, not unique, but the ones that really have merits and unique algorithms and methods and communities, they're going to be rising up relative to the other cryptos. I, I almost kind of like put my blinders on at this point. Like I see tons of ICO coins around Burstcoin, but I know they're going to be passing on down through the ranks while Burst goes up. Like the cream will rise to the top. We're talking the original coins here, and I just want to list them again just in case you missed it. We have Bitcoin, we have Litecoin, we have Ethereum, we have Ripple, probably Stellar, even though Ripple and Stellar are pretty similar. We have Tether, we have Monero, IOTA, Dash, and then Dogecoin, and then Burstcoin. Those are pretty much the entire list of cryptocurrencies that are truly unique and have their own methods and algorithms and communities. And it's just very obvious. If you're going to make a cryptocurrency portfolio, please fail with those cryptocurrencies. Those will be around long term. And the bear market is weeding out all these ICO coins that weren't unique like these coins are. So if you really want to have a strong cryptocurrency portfolio, buy into that diversity. And I think it's a shame that these indexes like Coinbase launched an index, but it failed. But yeah, indexes should only include coins like that because these are the ones that will be rising up the ranks relative to the other coins and end up in the top 10, I think. Even Dogecoin could be in the top 10. Burstcoin could be in the top 10. And I'm sure there's a few other unique coins way down there. But I don't know exactly what they are right now. But yeah, just focus on like what makes a cryptocurrency really useful and unique. And then if you see, oh, this one has a strong community, plus it has a unique technology. Like really unique technology, like different algorithms I'm talking about. Then you probably have a cryptocurrency that's going to be around long term. I'm talking like 10 years from now. And that's what you should focus on. I'm not trying to give investment advice, but it's just very obvious advice. That is all we have for you today on this December 2nd, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode. Hopefully the market goes up instead of down.